0: Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Good morning, everybody. And uh, good morning to those who are online as well. Uh, I can't lie, I'm a little bit relieved that this is my last Sunday um, on this series. I'm kind of looking forward to having it done, but um, it has been... It has been a really good exercise for me, I think, in just um, doing a lot of reflection on um, some of my own journey. So, um, you know, in that sense, um, I I have. I found it really useful for myself personally. Um, But I thought I'd start this morning just by by talking about a friend of mine who uh, reads a lot of fiction, and over the years... um, many times actually. In fact, we've been talking about reading and, and particularly crime novels. She reads a lot of crime novels. And often she'd say to me that she's just about at the end of a book and uh, she's almost got to the end and then she's realized that she's actually read the book before. And I, I, it used to be that I just couldn't understand that because um, I would kind of go, but hang on, you know, a novel's like 80,000 words long or something like that. How could you invest that much time into such a long story um, and then not even re- remember that you've read it but, um, but I've found as I've got older and uh, as time has passed that you know I have a similar experience oftentimes where I, I think I'm going to read something I pick it up I read the blurb on the back and I go oh have I read that or haven't I and I can't remember and it's the same sort of problem and, um, and you go how can that happen But I think um, the answer is probably very obvious and you know it's that we're so overloaded with information and uh, have so many thoughts firing off in our brains all the time that we just simply can't retain everything that we hear or we read And, and sometimes of course we're also distracted and you throw that in as well and we don't really take in what we read. And uh, while it amuses me a little bit whenever she says this, um, at the same time, I think unfortunately that our reading of the Bible can be the same. Uh, We can read it, we can read it, and we can read it and still go, oh my gosh, where did that verse come from? I don't think I've ever heard that story before. Um, You know, have I read that before? Or gee, I'd completely forgotten about that. And so this is really where um, today's holy habit comes in, uh, our discipline of meditation on scripture, um, because really this is not so much about reading or hearing as it is about listening and thinking. And uh, I want to start this morning by reading just a portion of uh, Psalm 119. Uh, I don't have it on a slide, so if you would like to follow along, then uh, you might want to grab your device or a Bible And um, I'm only going to be reading the first 24 verses, you're probably relieved to hear that because it goes for several pages in our Bibles if we're going to read the whole psalm. Um, So Psalm 119 and starting from verse 1 if you want to follow along. This is probably a psalm of David uh, and it is a a well-known treatise on God's word and God's law. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk... According to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees! Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart, and as I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can those who are young keep their way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands Remove me from scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counsellors. And I'm going to just leave that there, but it's beautiful, isn't it? And, and we can go on and read the rest of it. You, you might like to do that. I'll come back to a couple of those thoughts in just a moment. Um, because what we have there in that passage is um, the psalmist just talking about how much he loves God's law and God's word and and also the work of God's word on his heart. He says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law, who meditates on his law day and night. And he says he has hidden God's word in his heart and that he will consider God's word. And that's really where we're coming from today. Um, Paul also prays in Colossians um, chapter 3 that the word of Christ may dwell in you richly. And so there are many verses that we can go to in God's word about this idea of God's word actually living in us. Um, obviously Jesus lives in us too and he is also the word of God but this idea of we can read and meditate on God's word and, and it can actually dwell in us um, is throughout scripture. So if we're going to delight In God's Word, if we're going to meditate on it and hide it in our hearts and experience it dwelling in us richly, then um, I think we need to do more uh, than simply read it as we might if we were reading another book or listening to another book. And uh, these verses that we've just read and many more are really a call to us, I think, uh, a call to blessing, to right living, to guidance, to direction, to obedience, to feasting at God's table. They are a call to knowing Uh, God and not just knowing about God. Um, Because anybody can read God's word and know about God, but we want to actually know God through his word. So, a very quick review. Um, We have been, there we go. Um, using this short passage from Exodus, or I have been using it over the last four of these talks, just to remind us that when we are looking to grow in our relationship with God, it's not an automatic process that we go from Uh, 0 to 100 in one step but it's a process that we can um, do one step at a time it's a little by little process and just as Moses was on Mount Sinai and God said to him that the Israelites would not take the promised land in one one moment but it would be little by little until they had gained enough strength um, to take full possession of what God had promised them. And so I've been applying that to our personal growth as well and, and our use of um, spiritual disciplines or development of holy habits, that we too can look to do them and and, and um, get stronger in them little by little so that we too uh, can take fuller possession of that which God has promised to us. So today we're going to look at this idea of med- meditation on scripture, a little bit more on uh, what it is, why we do it, uh, ...and how we'll do it, because I'm going to confess that for a lot of years... Um, ...I really was very confused about um, medit- meditation, Christian meditation. Um, I'd hear it talked about, I'd, I'd know it was something that we you know, could use as a spiritual discipline... ...but I really was quite confused about what it was. I didn't know whether what I did in my quiet time with God in the mornings... ...and when I read his word, I didn't know if that actually was meditation... Or whether it wasn't um, and even though I had heard I think a couple of sermons at times um, that had touched on it uh, I had read I've quoted a couple of times recently Richard Foster's book a celebration of discipline he has a whole chapter on it even though I'd, I'd exposed myself to all of those things I remained quite confused about really what it is and how to pin it down and and does that mean when I read the bible I do that or I don't do that and so um, that's why again this morning I want to take a little bit of a practical look at you know, what it is and, and how we go about that because I just suspect that once again I might not be the only Christian ever who's been a little bit confused about what it is and, and, and how we do it. So I'm going to start then with what it is and this is a pretty basic, um, a basic explanation really. Uh, it's my explanation but I'm going to start really with what it's not. Um, It's not, you know, remember back in the 80s and 90s, there was a fair bit of talk around about transcendental meditation, which uh, this is not. Transcendental meditation is um, an emptying of the mind. Often people use a mantra and it comes from uh, particularly Eastern religions. That is not what we're talking about this morning. Uh, We're also not talking about... um, uh, the you know the modern um, embrace of mindfulness that we have in the Western world it seems to me sort of this century we're not talking about that um, I'm not an expert on mindfulness um, but I believe that it's really more about um, looking within ourselves and and um, and being mindful obviously as the word as the word suggests. Um, I'm not going to say that it's not beneficial to be still and to be in the present, um, but um, I think with all things like that, we just have to be a little bit cautious that we're not exposing ourselves to wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. Um, But I'm not talking about mindfulness either this morning. We really need a lot of wisdom, I think, around these things. So what actually is it? Um, I'm going to just say that in my definition, I believe it's listening and thinking, Uh, when we spend time with God rather than simply reading um, God's word or telling him our thoughts necessarily. It's very difficult to to extrapolate, I guess, all of these things from one another because when we meet with God, we are listening to him, we are reading his word, we are praying, all of those things overlap. um, And so it is quite difficult to pull one thing out from the others. But I would add that I think Bible uh, meditating on scripture is also about creating a space in which we actually are trying to listen to God and allow Him to teach us through His Word and with His thoughts. So I'm going to defer now to J.I. Packer, who says it much better than I do. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, he said that he says in his book Knowing God. Uh, Meditation is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself the various things that one knows about the works and ways and purposes and promises of God. It is an activity of holy thought, consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communion with God. That probably takes a fair bit of unpacking there, but um, again... You know, this would have been me some years ago going, yeah, I, I get all that, but I'm still really confused about what to do and why I do it. So um, let's let's move on a little bit to the why. And um, I've already mentioned, I suppose, a little bit about the why, because uh, it's through um, really communing with God through his word that we can be blessed and we can delight in him and all of those things that we're reading about in Psalm 119. Um, But it's also about uh, knowing God more and more. It's about depth in our relationship with him. And um, I think we can think about human relationships in this respect as well, that we can, um, in any relationship, superficial engagement will lead to a superficial relationship. And I don't know that we find those relationships especially satisfying. Um, We will have some of them in our lives because we probably need to. Uh, We can't be deeply involved with every single person we know. Um, But it's when we actually Uh, engage deeply with people, uh, that we actually can have those deeper and more meaningful relationships. And I think it's the same with God, that in order for us to know him deeply and intimately, uh, we need to do more than learn about him. We actually need to be willing to have those moments with him, uh, open to him and his word, have those difficult conversations with him, grapple to understand his point of view and his truth and be faithful to him. It's about being still and knowing that he is God and um, spending that time with him. And I want to just go back for a moment then to the verse, uh, this little verse from uh, Psalm 103. Um, This is the psalm that I actually spent a bit of time on in a couple of um, talks ago, uh, where we looked at the first five verses and I talked about how they could be used as a framework for prayer. But in verse 7, so just on from there, we read this lovely little verse... He being God, God made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that verse in the last couple of um, years. Um, What I particularly like about it is just that reminder that the Israelites there, they knew about God's deeds. They knew what God had done. They had been there at the Red Sea when God parted the Red Sea. So they knew God's deeds. But it was Moses who actually knew God's ways. Moses was the one who met with God face to face. Moses was the one who was called a friend of God. And so Moses knew God up close and there's a difference and a distinction. And I think that's really what we're coming to here this morning is um, we can know about God's deeds, we can know about him, but wouldn't it be far better if we actually can learn about him and have him make his, his ways known to us so that we can know him himself. All right, so that's really all I'm going to say about the, the what and the why um, because I want to move on this morning to the how. First of all, I don't think there's one way to meditate on scripture, and um, I think that maybe was part of my confusion originally. Uh, I don't think there's even a particular uh, formula or, or whatever that anybody has to use, uh, and that's maybe the, the tricky thing about it. But um, I think a lot of us engage in it without even realising that that's what we're doing. There are, of course, some formulas and some methods that um, people over many years have used to meditate on scripture. And perhaps the, um, the one that we hear about most often is the Lectio Divina. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that one this morning uh, for two reasons. Uh, the first is because I don't actually use it very often... Uh, so I'm not really an expert on it. Uh, And secondly, we have actually had a bit of instruction on this before uh, here at Windsor Road, and I know there are people in the congregation who uh, this morning even who use this quite extensively and would be far better uh, people to talk to if you want to know more about it. Uh, Suffice it to say that it's really about taking time to read scripture, reading a passage slowly, uh, thinking about it, uh, dwelling on it. Um, I've skipped ahead there. Um, and praying to God, contemplating again and resting in his presence and then taking action. So, you know, you can look it up if you want to know a bit more about that, but that's a really ancient method that many people have found extremely useful and been blessed by in, in biblical meditation. I'm going to mention a few other um, methods, though, of meditating on scripture, and these ones have come from uh, Tim Keller's book, Prayer, and, uh, he actually gives quite a lot of suggestions in here. I'm only going to touch on four of them. Uh, but, you know, this this is a great book uh, to get hold of if, if you are interested in pursuing this and knowing a bit more about it. I had been praying to God to teach me what meditation was and um, how to do it quite some years ago because I just, as I said, was quite confused about it. And... Um, anyway I went and bought Tim Keller's book on prayer because I was intending to read what he had to say about prayer and didn't realise until I started reading it that half the book is actually on meditation so it was just sort of like God put that book in my hands in answer to my prayer and said well here you go then Um, and it really clarified a lot of things for me so that might be um, something you want to follow up on potentially. So one thing that Tim Keller writes in there is that you can just reread you know read a passage in in God's word and then reread it um, keeping in mind these four questions that you can then look to try and answer. Um, The first is, what does this teach me about God and his character? What does this teach me about human nature, character and behaviour? What does this teach about Christ and his salvation? Or what does this teach about the church or life in the people of God? So just as a way, a lens, I suppose, each time of pulling out more meaning and understanding from God's word. A second way that he uh, mentions, and I wanted to put this one up because I have spoken about this one before and and I find it really helpful, is just to take a verse from scripture and um, reread it multiple times. Um, A really short one works best uh, where you put the emphasis on a different word each time. Um, I don't think I've put an example up there this time. But um, I often use the example of the Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23, uh, where it's really helpful to just, particularly if you're in one of those moments, it's a really easy one to remember, no matter what your circumstances or what's happening. um, It's very easy to actually meditate on that verse by just going, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? What are the implications of that? Well, it means that he's the one and only, and he's the one. Um, who who's my shepherd it 's the Lord who is my shepherd, not some person who 's going to operate in human strength, but the Lord is my shepherd it 's the Lord who is my shepherd um, He is it's present tense right now here and now he is my shepherd it doesn 't matter about the past it doesn't matter about tomorrow. He is my shepherd right now. The Lord is my shepherd uh, this is personal. Um, I'm not just sort of lumped into some big crowd of people he might get to if he gets time. This is personal and it's about me. So he's my shepherd and of course he's my shepherd. Um, He's going to to care for me, he's going to protect me, he's going to lead me, he's going to carry me in his arms when I can't walk any longer myself, etc. So just taking one word at a time with different emphasis is a really helpful way I think to expand and, and look more deeply into God's word. So a really great one. Um, And I suggest if you've never done it that you just give it a go. I also often use the example of be still and know that I am God is another one that um, you might want to think about trying that with. So that's a really simple one that you can uh, think about. Um, The other one, a third one that Keller mentions is just taking a verse or or a passage of scripture and and rephrasing it, rewriting it into your own words. Um, This is a trick from primary schools really isn't it of of getting students to write something in their own words to test understanding Uh, and I guess it's the same thing here of what other words could I use and often when we add other words in um, we see that all the nuances of meaning and all the associations that come And the fourth one is one that I find really useful and uh, this was apparently Martin Luther's method um, and Keller mentions he he writes at length about this one as well. So it's at least 500 years old and it's as useful now as I'm sure it was to Martin Luther back in the 16th century. Um, He says to read a passage of scripture... And uh, and then you have a look at it through the lens of three different things. So the first one, I summarise them as praise and thanksgiving, uh, confession and repentance and petition. But there are um, some, a few more words in the question. So the first one is, uh, what does this show about the character of God for which I can praise him? Now I find that really helpful because I think in my and probably our humanness, It's very easy to read a passage of scripture and immediately go to, what does this mean for me? Whereas that one just stops me and I have to go, what is this saying about God? Um, What can I praise him for here and what can I be thankful for? Um, So sometimes I will either even jot down two things there, a point of praise and a point of thanksgiving and separate them out. The second one there then about confession and repentance is, um, what is something wrong about myself for which I can repent, and again, I think that's an easy one to forget about when we read God's word. Um, but to have a look at the passage and go, "Well, what what might be, what what might God be saying to me here about my own state? Is there something that I need to bring before Him in that way?" And then the last one is, "What is something needed for which I can petition God?" Um, so yeah, I just use those terms because I find them easier to remember. Um, it's as simple as anything really, but um, really powerful and really effective. So you might like to try uh, good old Martin Luther's method. Um, there's one other method that I want to talk about today and that is memorisation. Um, And I want to talk about it because I have had a love-hate relationship with the idea of memorising scripture, because if you've ever tried to do it, and I'm sure many of you have, it is really hard work. Um, In our culture today, I don't think we are um, are people of memorising things as some people were in the past. Um, We have devices, we have books, we have all sorts of ways of capturing information, so we don't have to rely on our memories in the way that many people have had to previously. Um, it is hard work, and, and if you're like me, you've learned things in the past, and then if you didn't keep revising them, you've forgotten them. So you did the hard work, um, and then you can't even remember them, you know, some years down the track. Um, but there is a reason why so many Christians memorize um, parts of God's Word. And um, I have discovered in the last couple of years that uh, I, because I had neglected it for some years, i tried really hard at it. Um, many years ago and then I'd kind of put it aside and and gone, well, look, you know, oftentimes things stick anyway. If you read them enough times, you do end up memorising them without trying. Um, But I'd kind of parked the whole thing for a while there and and a couple of years ago, um, I I took it up again and I have found um, I'm far more motivated now with it than I was and simply because I'm not memorising anymore or trying to memorise anymore isolated Bible verses. Um, we often do that with children and, and there's a reason for that. It's a great way to start learning portions of God's word. It's a great way as well to have you know, those, those verses in our minds. And so I'm not for a moment saying we shouldn't do that. I think it's wonderful. Um, but I am far more motivated when I learn an actual passage of scripture. And um, I'll tell you why. It's basically because uh, it's easier It's easier, I find, to read, uh, to learn a passage because you get the context there and you get the contextual clues um, to remind you of what comes next and because um, what it helps particularly me anyway, and I'm sure all of us, it helps me to then actually really meditate on God's word without meaning to, almost, as I'm as I'm trying to understand, well hang on, why did that word come there when we've already had that word in the previous verse, etc. So it gives a lot of context to it and um, it really does, um, it really does bless. I cannot I, cannot even, I can't even put into words the blessing that I have experienced um, by I've been trying to memorise some psalms. That's been my challenge. Um, I mentioned last week that I had prayed to God about how do I get more of the psalms in my life um, and I did talk about just reading them daily and, and using a numbering system, etc. But um, the other part of, of the way that I believe God answered that prayer for me was giving me the realisation that Um, I could just start to memorise some and not as an add-on where I had to find more time every day but I actually go walking for exercise every week, a few times every week and I thought wouldn't it be great if while I'm out walking, not every time but sometimes when I can, um, if I'm also trying to memorise something at the same time while I walk Uh, and then I thought well I could give it a go I suppose, this is the beginning of last year and see if I could maybe learn a psalm sort of in, in the first quarter of the year um, and I did and I actually found it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I, I would often take a little post-it note in my pocket with the next verse written on it so that I could keep checking it as I was walking along if I needed to. Um, I started with Psalm 103 and um, I like I said I can't explain the blessing that has come uh, at the time but has continued to come even from that one psalm where you see the links between parts at the, t- at, the st- at the start and the and later in the psalm you start to see things that appear elsewhere in the bible um, and then you can go well hang hang on that's the same verse that i've seen there but it's got one word different. What's the word that's different? Why is that different? Oh, well, the context here is different, and that's obviously what the psalmist is really focused on or emphasising here about God. So it is a gift that keeps on giving. The words come to mind oftentimes when praying. Um, I talked about Psalm 103 in the prayer one, as I mentioned, and I've just quoted something from it again there now. Um, it, is, it also has a wonderful passage in there about the way that God um, doesn't hold his anger against us, that he, um, you know, has sent our sins as far as the east is from the west, etc. cetera. Um, so wonderful passages in that psalm. So I kept going and, um, and thought, well, if I can do that in a quarter of the year and in a term, then I could maybe do one each quarter and see where I get to. So last year worked pretty well. I man- managed to do my four. Um, this year I, I got stuck on Psalm, uh, psalm 86 and it took me six months to learn it, so I seem to have slowed down. Um, it's been, for some reason, I found that one really difficult to, to get stuck um, in my mind. Um, but it doesn't matter, really, does it? It doesn't matter if I spend six months on that one instead of three months or whatever it might be. Um, it's, it's an exercise, though, that really means that the meditation happens. Um, while, while we try to memorise something. So if you haven't tried to learn a longer passage, then I suggest you might like to try a psalm, you might like to try uh, a chapter of one of the epistles or something like that, um, because they um, they are also just a wonderful way to um, really learn God's word and, and have it in our minds. So um, big plug for memorisation. I don't know whether other people find it as hard as I do, but I suspect so. So that's really all I'm going to go into about meditation today, just that there are a few practical ways we can do it. Um, And, you know, I do believe that I'm sure most people actually do do it, even if you don't label it that or realise that you're doing it. So just to quickly summarise then um, for today, uh, meditation really is about that communion with God, spending time with him, listening to him, um, asking him to reveal things in his word through his spirit because he's very faithful to do that. Uh, it's really exciting, I think, when when you open God's Word and, and the Spirit is there and, and you just see things that you've never seen before. Uh, it's a way for him to reveal his thoughts. Um, so it's a wonderful thing to do. There are many methods that you can try. You can invent your own. Uh, ask God um, how you can do it or, or how he wants you to do it if you're not sure. Uh, Again, big plug for memorisation of a longer passage rather than just a single verse, if you want to give that a go. Uh, You might want to follow up potentially with Tim Keller's book if you want to know more about this. Um, And just a reminder again, I guess, that it is just one step at a time. We don't have to um, suddenly go from, you know, doing one thing to doing 16 things um, in a single step. So it's about the little by little So in summary of the series, I suppose, I just want to say then that there are actually many, many, many spiritual disciplines that can build our faith. We've only looked briefly at, you know, spending time with God each day, prayer, reading our Bibles and um, meditating on scripture. Um, And none of those things I know I've already said before should be an end in themselves. They are just simply a means to helping us to draw closer to God so that he can conform us more to Jesus Christ. I began um, this series by posing a question by Stephen Covey. Um, What one thing could you do, something you aren't doing now, that, if you did it on a regular basis, would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life? So I'm just putting that up there again today as a reminder... Um, that if that's not something you've thought about, it might be something you want to think about. And maybe there is just one thing that you can uh, can think of doing that will make a big difference, um, not just in your personal life but in your relationship with God because I think, you know, we want to enjoy God. We want to enjoy that relationship with him and uh, not just go through the motions. So I hope that you've had a chance to maybe think about that question or we'll have a a chance to think about it and take a step into a deeper relationship with our God. And let's pray and finish off for this morning. Father God, we thank you for the privilege that it is uh, that we can know you and not just know about you. Lord, we know that you um, delight in spending time with us, you delight in revealing your ways, your wisdom, your word and your will to us. And Lord, we pray that um, you will do that and that we will give you the space and the time in our lives in which to do that. Lord, we pray that we won't, um, we won't be satisfied with superficial a superficial relationship with you, but Lord, that you will take us deeper that you will grant us that um, desire and that hunger to know you more and more. And I pray, Lord, that little by little uh, you will help us to take that next step and that next step, that you will strengthen us and that we will get to that place, Lord, where where we are strong enough to take full possession of all that you have in store for us. Lord, bless all who are here this morning or listening uh, online or um, through other means, Lord, as well. We pray that you will stir our hearts to faith and lord that um, you will lead us even into this next week uh, to meditate on your word uh, and to be blessed and, and delight in who you are lord in our lives and we ask it in the name of jesus christ our lord amen thanks for listening we hope that you have been blessed by the message windsor road baptist church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.